JT and Ludi podcast. Episode 56. The Lawrence Taylor episode. How about that, Mr. Fung? NFL season's in full swing. And before we get underway and push record with the JT and Looney podcast and the election wrap-up, even though the election's not wrapped up, <laughs> I want to talk about our great sponsor, Bet Online. You can find them at Bet Online AG. NFL season's in full swing. Why not make your wagers at Bet Online? They have game spreads and totals, team player and coaching props. I love the props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online in the universe. And there's always an online casino open 24 hours a day, seven days a week at betonline.ag. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now let me uh, meet you over here and push the record button. See if JT's there. Yeah. <laughs> How, you How you doing? Oh, good. Just after the Mad Dog show, I'm a little, a little worked up still. Oh yeah, I just. Uh, I thought I was I was anchoring at KBC and thought, wow, I'm going to break. You know, if if Biden gets to 270, I'm going to be the first to tell people. But it didn't happen, and uh, it's amazing to me. I was thinking throughout the course of my broadcast life, and you probably think of it too: famous deaths or big news that you brought people, and. There was so, you know, when Kobe Bryant crashed in his helicopter, I was live on the air. You and I were on the air when Kirby Puckett died, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, the tsunami in Japan. Uh, shock and awe. Shock and awe. Yeah. Like we pummeled Baghdad with all those bombs we were on in real time. <sighs> that, uh, we, we've been on the air for, unfortunately, a lot of bad news, great news in sports. We're on for walk-off home runs and great oh. moments in sports history. But we've been on for a lot of news that has to do with death and politics. Yeah. Always, you know, election night's always on a Tuesday night. We worked 14 years together at night. That was always a night we were never on vacation. We never right. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, again, as we're recording this podcast, I have such political fatigue. I know. <laughs> I didn't realize it. And I knew this was going to happen. I never <clears throat> expected the election to be called the night of the election. Never, yes, never. I was. I was so wrong. Oh my God, you 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 nailed it when you said how close it would be. You nailed it. And you also said, if we could go back into the hot tub time machine, you said all the mail-ins are going to be Democrats, and you nailed it. Yeah, and I voted for the guy who was going to lose, and I knew <laughs> that the guy who was going to win was going to be winning by a contested tight margin because of mail-in votes and for people voting early. But what I didn't realize was I didn't realize how many people voted for Trump who I didn't think would vote for Trump. I know. Which was enormous, and I'm on that team. I voted there, too. I voted party. You know, as again, I don't talk about this on radio. I talk about it on the podcast. And let's be careful with that, too, because there's a lot of people now. A good friend of ours who's been to my home was just recently let go by his radio company in dc for something he said on a podcast oh my god okay okay so, thanks for the warning yeah well, and i talk politics on this podcast i don't on the radio a matter of fact i got a memo from one of our companies one of the companies i work for i work for a few that said 
guidelines. This is not the worst night in American history. This is not the best night. You know, keep it down the middle. You know, if that happens, because we are living in such a triggered environment and yeah. sponsors and there's so little money left in media because of a pandemic that they don't want to alienate anybody. And, you know, people say, uh, and you, I, you know how long I've argued this, that we're a deeply divided nation, and as the election shows, no, we're not. We're a narrowly divided nation. They're still counting votes. That's how narrowly divided we are. You see how some states, you know, Trump's up by a few thousand, or, or Biden's just up by a few thousand. We're narrowly divided. It's been, always been my argument. And what's always... What bothers me sometimes when people take politics and themselves so seriously, like when you give a social political comment or you get up on a soapbox, who says you're right? It's just fun to be fun. Of, it's, it's fun to be part of the marketplace of ideas, but it doesn't mean I, we have to pummel each other senseless. It's not, it's not professional wrestling. And when I grew up, every two years, Billy Cooler's father would run for the city council. So, it was, you know, it was someone's father, Billy's father. And then when Billy's father became city chamberlain in Elmira, New York in sixth grade, Billy's mother ran for her father's seat. And in fourth grade, Billy's father ran against Teddy's father for the city council seat. So and in, in high school, the mayor's daughter was in our high school. So uh, and some of those are Republicans and some of those are Democrats. And John O'Mara was my mother, my one of my mother's first jobs was working in his office. He was a, an attorney and he's a Republican. And we would run, my mother was a Democrat. We would have John O'Mara stickers on our car. He was our friend. And that was what came first. And so, uh, so I always grew up in an environment where, and you know, I'm supposed to be this bleeding hearted liberal. That means I'm supposed to like everybody. Why would I hate somebody? Cause they're up for something so benign as the fact that they want smaller government. <laughs> Really? Well, Trump was a, a guy to really easily vote against if you didn't like him. If you weren't right. in his party, right. it happened to Trump, which was very unfortunate, and it's not over. And I think this is going to go to litigation. It could go to the Supreme Court. It might not. I don't think it will. I think it's going to be kind of not clear cut, but I think that this will be contested lawyers. It'll be battled. Right. Well, I, well, I think what you're saying there, if especially if Biden wins Georgia wins Nevada, wins Arizona, and wins Pennsylvania, that's too many states to contest with votes that have already been cast. Yes, and, and also yeah. I believe, I think I'm pretty rational at times. This will be really irrational. I think there are some corrupt votes. I huh. think that there were votes from people who voted twice. I think there's votes from people. I'm not saying they're all against Trump. Right. I'm just saying the way that this system is so bad, the way that Ohio can t count their votes quickly and get it done and you could still have a race where it looked like biden was going to win trump came back they declared ohio usually the the person who wins ohio wins the presidency and then where i live in nevada what a disgrace we are i mean here in nevada we have it was taking state. so long jesus yeah, we have a small state and now everybody's starting to figure out does nevada not want to be the state that gives biden the presidency, even though it's going blue, are there people? Oh, conspiracy! Conspira yeah, absolutely, conspiracy theories because it's very easy to count the votes. You just bring more people. Yeah, and you know, I what doesn't help is again the pandemic because yeah. I learned as a little everything I learned. I was a political science major in college, and everything I learned about elections I learned from my mother. My mother was a teacher. I would have the map at home and color in states on election night. And my mother would say, oh, that, that, that's going to go, that state's going to go blue. And I'd say, well, well, wait a minute. 
Well, how, how would you know that he's behind? She'd say, oh, because big cities come in last and big cities tend to be blue. And so that's what a lot of people don't know now. And so because we're so hyper-focused politically now, people are saying that does look funny. But no, this is actually the way it's always worked. But it used to happen faster because nobody mailed in anything. The mail-in ballots were everything. I yeah. nailed it. I told you most of those ballots would be Democrats who were so motivated to get Trump out of office, they couldn't wait to get invited to be online or to fill something out or to do it with. Oh, that, yeah, that, absolutely. And remember, Democrat, it became the mask thing, not with you or me, yeah. became a political weenie thing. And the mask wearers sent in, <laughs> sent in their ballots and the non-mask people went on the day. And so that's why it's taken so long. And the ballots are coming back 80, 20 in some cases, even in heavily Republican areas. They're coming back more uh, skewed towards Democrats, because as you predicted, it would be only Democrats or mostly that would that would vote right. But look, one thing that people can see that I love is another thing. When I talked about the local nature of politics, my mother would walk down to Elmira Free Academy, EFA, which was our local polling place with Greg Malinowski's mother, who was a Republican, and we had known each other since kindergarten. And the Democratic mom and the Republican mom would walk down together and uh, hang out there all day and, you know, write down people's names and match signatures. So, you know, <laughs> the pe- and now we can look through the windows and we can see all the people with the envelopes. It's not the Illuminati fixing things. It's my mom. <laughs> my mom doesn't work for the Illuminati. Neither does Greg Malinowski's mother. And you know, you see these, you know, middle-aged chubby schlubs, you know, putting uh, envelopes in one pile or the other, and you can see how not non-corrupt the system really is. Yeah, uh, you know, getting back to how I think this is going to wrap up. Okay. And I saw this coming. We talked about it on several of these podcasts. So I've been building with this. I've mm-hmm. been building with the coronavirus numbers. I've been, you know, the coronavirus yeah. had everything to do with this election, yeah. everything to do with it. And I don't blame Trump for the coronavirus. And I think he had good days, really good days with ventilators and bringing a big ship into New York and helping out states and helping out other countries and doing everything on certain days really well. But his lack of vision early, his ability to mock it at times and to tell families of individuals who lost souls, people who died, that it was no big deal, that we're rounding the corner. Even if you want to round the corner, even if you want to get back to work, even if you don't want to wear a mask anymore, he handled it horribly from a PR standpoint. Yeah. He pissed all over the grave of John McCain. I've always yeah. liked John McCain. Oh, I my have- God. I, hey, I'm the liberal. I loved John McCain. And I have friends who are Republicans who don't like John McCain, and they didn't like him at the end of his life, Mm -hmm. end of his life politically, which is a really fair debate. If you didn't like – look, when you look at the Senate and you go – or the Supreme Court and go, oh, my God, we put a conservative in there and he didn't vote conservative. Oh, my God. No, no, no. He has a job, and it's the same thing. John McCain, if he didn't want to vote on a certain – on a certain issue, the way that you thought he should vote, people went crazy at the end of yeah. his life when he became more moderate. I trust you. Know, I trust. Party. I trust people you can't predict because that means it means he's a leader, and it means he's thinking for himself. And what I mean, what I mean is when you can't predict people, not in a Trumpian way, but in an intellectual way, when people evolve or change and they tell you who they are and they shoot straight. It wasn't the straight, the shoot straight express or whatever that uh, 
that John McCain had when he ran in 2000 and, and lost in the primaries to Bush. But, yeah, I, I, I don't mind when people evolve like Joe Scarborough and they try to become an independent journalist. What I love about him is liberals don't trust him because he was a Newt Gingrich Republican and Republicans don't trust him because he tries to be fair. <laughs> so that means he must be doing something right. And the big word we've used throughout coronavirus in 2020 is evolving, right? Yeah. Evolving. How do you yeah. evolve with the Colin Kaepernick story, with coronavirus, with anything? How do you evolve and change? Well, that's one of your favorite subjects in life, evolving. Because yeah. you have to evolve. And I know a lot of people politically, I really pissed off a lot of people. I think in my family, um, my friends, when I text back and forth with them, because I, I figured this out pretty early. Early. I was going to vote my party. I, I didn't have a lot of problems at all with Trump's policies. I liked his policies when it came to international policies. Uh -huh. I liked his policies with business. A lot of the things he did, I liked him as an outsider. But when he didn't evolve, when he had this thing, he could have won this easily. Right. Now, it wouldn't have been easy because there were so many Democrats and liberals who hated his guts. And that wave, that wave of blue would have been there. But Trump did enough, in my opinion, and a lot of Republicans who voted and came out in mass for him, that if he was just more cordial. If he couldn't have gotten out of his own way. If he could have got out of his own yeah. way. If he didn't ruin himself many times with Twitter, and I understand he needed Twitter because a lot of the media wouldn't get his story out. And everything that he did that alienated suburban white women, yep. alienated some minorities because minorities came out with him, the black vote, the Latino vote, the vote in Miami, which was incredible to see some of these numbers as he won Florida. But overall, the president that I voted for twice at times just was too rough and gruff and alienated too many people. So the lesson that will go down in the history books is this guy was a one-term president if he loses and doesn't win this in court because he just couldn't be nice to enough people to win the election. He didn't have to be nice, Tom, to everybody. He could have been an asshole every day of the week, but he had so many moments to show sympathy, empathy, yeah. to say the right thing. And, man, he struck out more than Stanton and Judge back-to-back -back <laughs> in games during a slump. He was yeah, he, uh, really, most of what he had to do to stay in office was, uh, in addition to handling coronavirus correctly, and I realize the, the, the virus isn't his fault, uh, the way he handled it was, was quite poor. Uh, in the beginning, when he's, and then they finally talked him into walking out there and saying what we needed to do, but he couldn't stay patient with it. Oh, we got to open back up by Easter. Wait, you just started. Uh, and so he panicked about uh, Wall Street and economic stuff, and average Americans don't care about Wall Street. He said and, it would go away. Yeah. He yeah. came up. He said it was going to be over. He yeah. said when there was 15 people, 15 people with the coronavirus, it was going to be no big deal. He guessed wrong. You know that I've been triggered and I've been emotional by some of these sports radio guys. Right. Who got in the coronavirus business and are still on the radio. And they've gotten it wrong by 225,000 plus dead people. And right. they're still out there with their propaganda. Well, they're radio hacks that are going to come and go and flame out in a beautiful way when they do you don't want to lose the presidency that way and it's not the whole reason he lost but he lost a tight contested race the way i predicted he would 
Right. He put the up old, a hell of a fight yep. because he made so many mistakes along the oh, way. Oh, well, you, you also have to get credit to this. And I don't know how, you know, uh, exhausted he might be. When you get pneumonia, <laughs> coronavirus aside, you get pneumonia at any age, it wrecks you. And you're miserable. And yeah, I know he had access to some drugs and special drugs, but still, and he's probably jacked up on pregnizone or some kind of steroid. But still, you got to get out there and you got to do it and go into six events and and go into the and and, and you know go, going into Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and all these different places, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and, and uh, getting into these hot spots where people might not come out to vote unless you visit their hometown. He did it, and he went all over the country, and he busted his ass the last four weeks. I wish he would have busted his ass to be calm and presidential and move a little bit to the center or at least and realize he needed more than his base to get reelected and aimed at, you know, he just spent, he just had aimed at reelection in a different way by being decent. Yeah, and it really would it cut cut few, cut a few ribbons and say less, and he would and he would have won re-election easily. Yeah, I think he would have won easily. And again, I would love. I, I don't want to say love. Let me take that back. I would. I would like him to still win. I think that one of the cool things and why we raced to do this podcast and we wanted to get it up this week. You've been buried with work. I'm doing the radio shows. We wanted to get this podcast out because a, it's not over. It's not over officially. Right. They're going to go to court. There's going to be more. And just when Trump is pushed up against the wall. Think of this. His whole life going back to Roy Cohn, back right. to Studio 54, back to all the Trump Taj Mahal, all of his bad real estate deals, all of the biggest fights in his life. He's won. How? Litigation. Yep. His attorneys are the best. He gets into a fight. This fight is a lot bigger. I don't, I don't know what his plan is going to be. He hasn't played it out yet. But if he wins this thing, and he wins it through the legal process and something happens and there are some corrupt votes that could be there or if there are mysterious votes that showed up or people voted late, which I don't think is that big of a deal. I think all the votes are going to be counted. Well, did you support the troops or not? Their stuff comes in late. If, if, there, is, if there is a gap, if there is any level of corruption in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, where they dig into those votes and they find out that something happened in the voting process, he's going to get in there with that information and he's going to run with it. Well, do you know also that the Supreme Court lives in this country? They don't live in Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> and they say a president who's saying, keep counting in Nevada, keep counting in Arizona, stop counting in Georgia, stop counting in Pennsylvania. That's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. That's why I want a fair, I want a fair vote. But if he ends yeah. up, I know where he's going. It's like saying to that person that gets into the car and you go, oh, there he goes. He's going to speed away and he's going to do something. And you know he's going to do it. You can't stop him. Right. You know that Trump's going to keep fighting. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, do you remember when well, I remember when we were on the air and talking about him running over the years? And I said, well, he can't. I think he had like 645 outstanding lawsuits. He loved to go to court. Yeah. And so... This way, okay, I'll take you to court. And I think that's his reaction to this. But it's going to be hard if if Biden ends up winning all the four states that are still outstanding. North Carolina, I don't think Biden's going to win, but it's a good chance he'll win Georgia, Pennsylvania, uh, Nevada, and Arizona. Well, you can't go to court for, like you were saying, for Wisconsin, Michigan, 
you can't go to court for six states if you lose six states. I had a great life, and I'm having a great life with Clinton, with Obama, right. Right. with uh, the first Bush, the second Bush, right. with Trump. Uh, I have no confidence. I have little confidence with Joe Biden. Really? I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a Joe Biden guy on a lot of fronts. I thought he was a terrible candidate. I thought he was a terrible candidate. I believe that his age is going to play a major role in the issues surrounding his energy in this presidency. He's my president if he wins, and I'll support him. But by no means am I going to sit here after saying all of this, what we said for the last 30 minutes, and tell you that I think Biden's going to be a good president. He's at the back end of his entire political career where I don't think politically here he's at at his best, and he's going to have the biggest job he's ever had. And I don't think he's equipped to do it at a – great level can he do it he's only a couple years older than trump yeah but i don't think he's in really good shape here yeah here's here's the thing i wish him well yeah i um the the thing about when i was in college a professor assigned my roommate and i we were both political science majors i was assigned to write a 30-page paper on gary hart and uh, uh, Professor Johnson insisted Gary Hart and Joe Biden would both be president someday. My roommate had to write a 30-page paper on Joe Biden. And I ended up falling in love with Joe Biden and my roommate with Gary Hart because Gary Hart was wonky and it was a lot about the future and high tech. He really knew what was coming. He was amazing. Um, and and But Joe Biden was one of the guys. And he was from Pennsylvania. I have roots in Pennsylvania. And my Irish ancestors came into Pennsylvania. My cousins live in Scranton. And, 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 you know, my dad died young. I had trauma at a young age. Joe had trauma at, uh, you know, when he was 29 and his, uh, and he lost his wife and his, and his kid. And, uh, so I, I related to him so much. And I have a stutter and a stammer, as you learned over the years. And when guys, any guy has a stutter or a stammer and you start, pontificating and one sentence and two sentence and three sentence comes out in a row and it all makes sense and you don't stutter you get on a roll and if you've seen him speak one of the things that they really the republicans did really well they called they said he was sleepy joe and they didn't speak well they said that about obama too take the sky's strength and call it a weakness and yeah he did have gaffes but one of his great strengths over the years has been his extemporaneous speaking. Did you see his speech this year at Gettysburg? I did, and I think that Joe, I wouldn't have had a problem. And again, you're not going to hear a peep out of me right. pretty much after this. You know me. We, you've known me a long time. Oh, right. This is the most we've ever talked about politics into a microphone I, I, I ever. Who the president, I've never woken up a day in my life thinking about who my president We always agreed on that. Yeah. I always agree on that. Uh, if you gave me Joe 20 years ago, 24 years ago, 30 years ago with his vigor, his energy, <laughs> his grit, and you put him in the White House, I would have had a problem. That would have been better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Joe, now, Joe now, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit fatigued. You know, he had a brain aneurysm in, in like the 90s, and I'm so surprised that didn't come up. But it was hard to bring up age for, for Trump because he's, you know, he's 74. They handled the campaign brilliantly at the end. Uh, Trump got coronavirus. He really did. He lost a week. He lost a pure week of campaigning. Look at how great his campaigning was the last like six days. Unbelievable. You remember when he said he, he wanted to come out of the, the hospital with a Superman shirt? He shut up. Yeah, Jesus he Christ, he was Superman after that. He finished. Uh, Joe and Kamala didn't want to go out much. They didn't want to talk much. It was the classic sports metaphor. They had the lead. They knew they had the early ballots. They knew it, and they shut it down. And they didn't completely shut it down. To their credit, 
I think Biden stayed close to home, the Scranton visit, what he did at the end to just show people that he was going to be there and fight. But look, as we wrap up where the election is at tonight, it hasn't been decided. It looks like Biden's going to win it. It looks like he's going to win it fair and square. But the history books will say that he won this election because voters, Democratic voters, were alienated and motivated deeply. They despised Trump. Yep. So they got out their votes early. They all voted. How many times did I tell you privately that blacks, Latinos, uh, everybody, race, creed, whatever it was, the people that didn't like Trump or hated him couldn't wait to cast their vote. Couldn't wait. And in our lifetime together, roughly the same age, you always heard about on Election Day, well, the Democrats aren't going to vote. They're going to forget or they're not going to come out. and It's only going to be 48 percent or 60 percent. How many times did I tell you that every one of them, every one of the Democrats were going to show up early or in line that day to vote this guy out of office? They were motivated to do it, even if they didn't believe in Joe Biden. I don't think a lot of Democrats did. I don't think they do. They wanted Trump out. And that will be the story 100 years from now. Yeah. And I just think Joe Biden's. Uh, name recognition, the fact that he had been in Washington all those years helped him because I don't think any of those other Democratic candidates could have beat Trump. He had to have somebody who was who had been there before and knew how to stand on the stage. And so I do think it was, the, you know, it was obviously it was the right boring candidate because he's boring now that he's 78. Didn't used to be when he's younger. It was the right boring candidate for the Times who still had Washington gravitas. And he was the vice president. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For eight years. So he didn't come out of nowhere. He was a guy who ran for president three times. If he wins, because he might not, huh. there could be shenanigans. There could be a surprise. Let me ask you this. Are you interested, even though you don't support it, are you at least interested in seeing this fight and what Trump and Eric Trump and DJ TJ and the family does and how they Hannity and how all these people who are lunatics for him either raise the white flag or go down fighting? Isn't that I, fascinating? I don't think it's good for the country. I always yeah. thought the coolest thing was and because you and I are this way. If we lose something, we would we would still do the tradition. And invite him, him and his wife over in a week. Then you meet in the limousine on the you know, third Monday in January and you drive down to the Capitol together and you go up on the stage together and transfer the power. I don't see I don't see that happening. No. By the way, do you think there's now do you think uh, let's do our conspiracy theories? Do you think he'll resign before uh, uh, before Inauguration Day uh, just to not have to do that? I'm always honest. I never say to be honest with you because I'm mm -hmm. always honest. I truly don't know. I, I believe yeah. that if he finds out quickly here, I'm talking about the next couple of days, uh -huh. late, late night on November 5th. And when the podcast comes out, I think Biden at some point quickly right. will have enough votes. He'll be declared the winner. He'll fight it in court. He'll fight it through the month of November and December. And then he's going to do one of two things. He's either going to disappear quietly He'll do a couple of small events at the White House to lightly say goodbye, and he's going to ditch. He's going to be gone long before Inauguration Day. He will not show up. He will not be anywhere near the inaugural. I agree with no that. Yeah. He won't yeah. be there. And then he'll just end up in Florida at Mar-a-Lago. He'll be paid 
hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars to speak around the world. I think he's going to start his own cable news network. That's what he was going to do four years ago. And I think he'll try to do it again. And I think people will want to hang out with him if he's wearing anything by the Seattle Shirt Company. I guarantee you, with shoppers buying everything online these days, getting those holiday gifts for family and friends is going to be harder than ever with the coronavirus and everything else going on. And you and Trump would be far more popular if you're wearing a shirt from the Seattle Shirt Company. Jay and the team have an unbelievable selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everybody on your list. These jerseys are 100% authentic from current superstars like LeBron James, all-time legends like Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Walter Payton. Seattle Shirt Company has it all. And it's a, it'll be a great way for, for, uh, for Donald Trump to get people back into his fold, to be popular again with liberals and conservatives. By wearing a shirt from Seattle Shirt Company. And right now, right now for you, the JT and Looney Podcast listener, there's a special one-time only pre-Black Friday Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy at SeattleShirt.com right now is 30% off. SeattleShirt.com. Enter the code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V. When you check out, and you'll get your 30% discount. Shipping is always free, too, with Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays a little bit early. That's how you sneak in a live read, without sounding like you're reading, of course, because I'm a broadcast professional. Yeah. He's going to be out there, and he's going to try to help his legacy as a president by the things he believes. And a lot of people think he did great. Make America great again. He's going to try to rebuild it. Through someone that he's going to mend. Remember, he might not live longer than Biden. Uh, Nobody in his family ever lived past 74. So I don't know how long he can do all these things, people. But it's amazing how his health is. I do think, though, when you take a look at it, um, there could be some, you know, there's some could be some pardons coming. Some really, you know, once once yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I'm and I'm not talking about you know political nerd political you know, pardons. I'm talking about you know OJ or whatever. OJ didn't do a federal crime, but you know you know what I'm doing. Some some heavy duty people. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. I don't know. There's going to be some controversial pardons because he was always he always didn't care. Well, one of my buddies, that's funny you mentioned O.J., one of my friends made a reference about Trump and O.J., said he's going to be O.J. now. I go, what do you mean? He goes, no one's going to want to hang out with him. See, O.J.'s a celebrity. He lives where I live, so he's my uh-huh. neighbor. He doesn't live too far from me, and when he's out, when he's out, people want to take selfies with him. People, Yeah, we've him. seen that. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that are going to distance themselves from him coming up here. And again, I throw this out because I don't think it's completely over. As much as I've said here for the last 40 minutes or so, I do not believe this is over. I think every chapter in the book of Trump, everyone politically, when you push him up against the wall and you grab him, he fights back harder than ever. And this is like nothing he's ever seen. This is clearly the biggest fight of his life. He's got the energy. He's got the resources. He's got the White House, the Supreme Court behind him. He's not done. The Supreme Court isn't behind anybody. They do. The Supreme Court does a really good job. At, we, we would never have gay marriage or we would never have Obamacare if justices didn't try to do things objectively because Republican justices gave us Obamacare and gave us gay marriage in this country. And 
Uh, and so the justices try to do things right. They're not going to give them anything. Also, the justices live in this country. Like I said, they don't live in Switzerland. And if the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Miami Heat four million to nothing, <laughs> then you would say the Lakers deserve the trophy. When this is all said and done, Joe Biden won by four million votes. You remember and, when Bush and Gore and the Supreme Court decided that. You recall that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just l- let me tell you this. If something comes up that we don't foresee. That was one state. I get that. It was one yeah. state. And here there could be a couple of states that could have a big role in this election that are currently being counted or could go to Biden that could come back if there's some type of lawsuit. I don't know that to be true. But let's just say that for this conversation. If for whatever reason it gets to those judges. Okay, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. if it gets to those judges and we wave and Amy walks in with Brent and they got their Starbucks and they walk and they shut the door behind them and they come out with those robes on at some point, the liberal elite will lose their mind waiting for that result. Now, by the way, it's, it's not. First of all, it's no liberal elite. It's four million more people that voted for him. Well, can we? We're can supposed we, to come on. Stop the bullshit with the popular vote. If we played the popular Wait a minute. vote, every no, no, no. I want to get this out. Well, nobody's a two thirds of a citizen if they're from California. I don't want you two thirds of a citizen. Eighteen ninety two argument about California. The, the the United States government and the president's the presidency is not decided. Because of the land mass and the volume of people in California and New York City. So I'm, we're, 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 I'm, we're two-thirds of a citizen? No, no we'd never have a candidate. You're calling me two-thirds of a citizen. We would never have a candidate win again the presidency unless he was able to win New York City and California. Every That's candidate who ever ran for president, except for three... Uh, it was, uh, and I don't know who it was back in, you know, back in the 1800s, but it was Gore beat Bush and Hillary beat Trump by 3 million votes that, that, you know, it's, it's usually the conservatives that say, don't give, it's the conservatives that always say, don't give losers a trophy in a juice box. You really want to get rid of the electoral college and have the population masses of New York well, and California decide the presidency? You do, you really? do. Well, you do think it, it needs to be a system where the person who gets the most votes wins. That's the way you do it. No, you're you're think, a sportscaster. No, I think the system here. You want to give a trophy in a juice box to losers? No, I That's don't. your argument? I don't believe that the, the 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 state of California and the city, the city of New York City with their mass populations, the way they stream in those two parts of the world in the United States of America should have the control of the popular vote over the presidency. That's why we have the Electoral College. So people in Wyoming and people in Michigan and people in Louisiana feel like their president won't be decided by San Francisco, San Diego, L.A., and New York City. I do like the thing I like about the way the system is set up to play the other side of the argument is I do like that presidential candidates do have to go to New Hampshire and Iowa. And maybe it's because I've done it. But I, I do think that it's really because if you go to New Hampshire, which I've done, you go to New Hampshire during primaries and you're there, Maine's, t- you know, downtown uh, Manchester or Concord. It's, it's a city of 30,000 people. You're trudging through these people. Politicians are going door to door and they're coming in at cafes and having coffee like they should. I do think that 
that is a good way that was arguing for the electoral college that but that, that make sure the politicians traditionally go to Iowa and New Hampshire but i also firmly believe that they got to set up the system so the winner wins we can't constant you know uh, it's uh, uh, this would not be the argument if it was the other way around no no it has been the electoral college the electoral college has been there since reagan destroyed mondale Obama. no it's been there since the big since 1789 right and i can go back to every election tight election where everybody could have talked about this, and I get this with the well, no, there's a, but there hasn't been every election. It's been three. I, again, <laughs> it, 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 I don't think you could, and I'll agree, I'll agree to disagree with you. I don't mm-hmm. think you can debate the one issue I'm saying is that you have too many people living in mass population centers that could control the presidency under your system of the popular vote. In but it's been pretty. Look at Republicans have found a way to get themselves elected. Not only without the popular vote, but uh, also with it. So I don't know why people don't want it to be fair. And I have, and I think I think there's a good reason why you might not want it to be fair, especially if Texas goes blue. Yeah, I no. thought this, this podcast was going to be congratulating me for getting everything perfectly right. I, mean, uh, I know. I it literally had this. Unbelievable. I about mail-in oh. ballots. Biden would win a close contested race. It's going to be because of the ballots, and they're all going to go blue and all of that. And that's the way it looks this like. This is exactly the way it's going to go. And you hit it on the on the head. I, in La La Land, thought it was going to be a landslide, and we would know by the time the sun went down in Los Angeles uh, what would happen in the election. I don't know, you know, but I live on that planet sometimes. I have an issue at times of mixing up fantasy and reality, and you know that about me because I think life is a fantasy, and I have no issue with the fact that I sometimes live that way. But when you talk into a microphone, sometimes those things get recorded, <laughs> and you end up uh, swinging and missing. Well, as I wrapped up my satellite radio show, I said, thanks for another great radio week. I appreciate our great listeners and callers who helped us navigate through sports during election week, I hope we don't have to do this again. Drink up emoji yeah. of all these drinks because this country needs to move on from this election. We need to defeat the coronavirus, which is our biggest challenge. Right. We need to get back to our families. We need to try to sit down with our families, which we won't, on Thanksgiving. Right. We need to get together for Christmas and Hanukkah, and we need to just get back to normalcy this election has been anything but normal. Boom. All right. Yeah. How long was that? Do you have any idea? No idea. I think yeah. it's probably, no. It's a. It's 11.15. Yeah, I think we went 45 minutes. Yeah, we're yeah, fine. 45 minutes is good. We'll good stuff. Next week. Great stuff. I want to hear it. week. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's it. You got it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.